this is Dr. Todd Watson. I'm your host for the ArborPod interview series. And uh, I have with me now Dr. Bryant Scherenbrock. Uh, he's an urban soil scientist with the Morton Arboretum in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, he's also the associate editor of the Journal of Arboriculture and Urban Forestry, uh, as well as being the research chair for the Illinois Arborist Association. So, Dr. Sharon Brock, welcome. Hello. Um, our title for this talk is Earthworms, Compaction, and Soil Biochemical Properties of Structural Soil. Uh, I guess first to start off, what's the, what's the problem with compacted soil? How does that negatively impact trees? Well, compacted soil is pretty common in, in urban situations, and it has a number of uh, pretty detrimental impacts to urban trees. Um, they can physically impede uh, the root growth. They can change the porosity, which in turn would uh, change the water and air status, which is the big issue here. So trees need both water and they need air. And when you compact the soil, you lose a lot of the macropores. So by losing those macropores, you can uh, oftentimes the soil will get real wet and it won't be able to drain properly, and then the roots will, you know, not have enough air. So, once the soils get squeezed and compacted, um, what are our options? I mean, can we decompact soil? Well, there's a number of things you can do. Traditionally, the approach has been physically. So you're taking the soil off the site, you're replacing the soil with new soil. Um, you're fracturing soil, so you're trying to create large channels. You're incorporating organic matter. Um, some of the approaches that we use in our research is we're trying to work with soils by and, and limiting the actual site disturbance we do. So we do a number of biological approaches, looking at increasing the organic matter content, and that can be by using mulches, composts, or actually changing the microbial composition of the soil using things like compost teas or other um, products that are commercially available. We're testing a number of those as well. So what kind of benefits can an arborist expect um, if they're able to uh, alleviate compaction, increase uh, it, you know, the macropores in the soil? Well, in terms of tree growth, you can, you'll certainly allow those roots to grow through a compacted soil a little bit easier. Um, you can... Once you, once you alleviate a compacted soil, you can increase the biological components. So the microorganisms will be able to properly, proper function, function properly, and in turn they'll be able to, to restore those nutrient cycles such as nitrogen mineralization. Um, you'd have proper air and water status, and you basically have more quality soils. So tell me a little bit about your research. You're looking at it from a, a, a biological standpoint. On, on dealing with these poor soils. What kind of uh, things are you seeing or successes that you're having? Well, the, the one study that I presented here at the conference, we looked at structural soils. So these are soils that you typically find in street tree planters or on green roof applications, and they're completely artificial in that they don't have the normal composition of what you'd see in a normal soil in terms of particle size. You have an aggregate framework, and you have a little bit of silty clay loam, often in the case in, in the framework. And what we try to do is use earthworms to increase microbial biomass and activity. So first we had to look if a t particular species, in this case Lumbricus trashtus, would survive in the structural soil. And if it did survive, will it increase microbial biomass activity, nutrient mineralization, have impacts such as lowering pH and things like that. And what we kind of found was 
when the worm survived, we were certainly seeing increases in biomass activity, decreases in pH, um, increases in nitrate, um, so things that plant nutrients. But Lumbricus terrestris, the, the worm didn't survive very long in our experiment, died at about 28 days, and the, the positive impacts were short-lived. So we're exploring new earthworm species in the same structural soil to see if a different species will do a little bit better. We're also looking at green roofs and uh, street tree planters to see what's if there are populations in uh, urban situations existing there that maybe we can get an idea from how, how well they're doing in, in those environments if they're present. Um, how, how does this, the soil impact earthworms, or, or maybe I should have asked first, how do earthworms, how are they impacting the soil that, that uh, affects Tree well, <clears throat> earthworms will have impacts on physical properties, so they'll create pores for water to get into the soil. So that's important in urban soils because they're often quite compactive and they'll be, they have limited ability for water to infiltrate and percolate, so they create those macropore flow channels. And they can also, deeper in the soil, they can increase the aeration by providing um, those, flow, those same flow channels for air to move into a soil that would maybe be in reduced conditions or pretty wet soils. So they, they have a strong impact on physical properties. They also, through their casting and uh, burrowing, they create um, granular soil structure. And then they can have a lot of impact on biochemical properties. So biochemical means they stimulate microbial populations, and then those populations in turn release the nutrients that are available for, for trees. So they stimulate nitrogen mineralization and then increase nitrate or ammonium or dissolved organic nitrogen. So you were talking about um, some survivability problems with some of the work that you did. Do, how do the soils impact the, the earthworms? Is it, um, are different species need to be used or, or um, you know, how could we kind of put this information to practical use? Well, it's going to vary by species. Certain species are more sensitive to different properties. In general, across earthworms, what they're sensitive to is substrate, so what they eat, so either litter or soil. They're sensitive to climate, so moisture content and temperature. They typically do well in about 40% moisture. Um, they do well in temperatures 10 to 20 degrees Celsius. And then the pH is pretty strong impact on earthworms, and the range that's been found reported in the literature can be four to eight-ish of pH values. And sub substrate can also impact them in terms of um, texture or the rock fragment, which is what we found in, in our design soil experiment that the rock fragment had a pretty detrimental impact to the actual bodies of the earthworms, the actual abrasion of impact, and other other studies have also reported similar findings in terms of that impacting them, and um, so that's a texture relation. Well, what can um, what can an arborist do? I mean, we've got arborists that are that are listening that are probably from all over the world in different soil types and different uh, earthworm species. What kind of things can they do uh, to you know promote good soil health? Well, I think if you take a look at what's found in, in nature, so if, if you if you want to grow trees, you should be looking in the forest. So if we look into the forest, what stimulates microbial activity, it's substrate and climate are, are primary drivers on microbial activity. So in forest environments, you have lots of carbon. You have lots of organic matter, leaf litter available. You have a wide variety of substrates, and you have no quantity issues. 
And then in terms of temperature, you typically have a pretty well-buffered soil environment. So because we have that leaf litter layer, we don't see the temperature extremes, which m microbial populations do well in, in the middle of, of temperature. And same, same thing with moisture contents. We want, we want moderate moisture contents. We don't want to see those extremes. So if we're able to, to mimic what's out in the forest by providing organic layers, uh, mulch, compost sorts of things, and uh, buffering the climate, we should be able to have, uh, restore our, our microbial populations. Now there's there's certain situations where you you just have a completely artificial soil, and you don't have that existing microbial population, such as the, uh, a structural soil where you're starting with pretty much nothing. In those cases, you might have to look at methods to initiate the soil biology. So you might be adding your organisms in compost tea, which a lot of our research is looking at that. You could be using some of the commercially available products. You could be using inoculations from native soils. There's lots of methods that are that are being looked at for that. So, can some of these? Uh, we had a, uh, another interview about mycorrhizae. Can 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 you buy earthworms? Uh, is that you think that's a product that we'll see being used in a boar culture? Well, uh, you can buy earthworms, but you need to consider the species. I think that's that's important. There's a number of studies that are coming out that. Just like other exotic species, exotic earthworms can have negative impacts on ecosystem function and biogeochemicals or nutrient cycling. So we need to be kind of sensitive to that and the potential impacts when you're introducing um, an exotic earthworm species. So we should look at what's found in our, in our more native are areas and try to mimic the populations that are there in terms of if we're going to be working with introductions. But a lot of our urban soils that, that we find um, urban soils not being the downtown environments or green roof applications, that we are finding quite a few earthworms in there, in the existing soils. So, so it's just <clears throat> promoting an environment then that, that helps those proliferate. Yeah, yeah. All right, here, this is a personal question, but it's the most important one. Which is, which is the best earthworm for fish bait? That's all I want to know. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably the Lumbricus trustius. That's the most common one. Um, I don't use earthworms for fish bait i use all lures all so i get bored quickly so yeah. earthworms keep my bobber going up and down so all right well this is uh uh you know we don't have a lot of research in this area that i know of so uh it's new you know, earthworms have been around a long time but it's kind of new and interesting information to arborists where could an arborist go to learn more about this um well there's uh, the wormwatch.org has a lot of information um, in terms of temperate forests and in particular the Eurasian exotic invasion. We have some information on our laboratory website which is www.masslaboratory.org um, but there's not a lot of, like you mentioned, there's not a lot of information on in terms of urban soil earthworms. There's probably a handful of studies that actually looked at earthworm populations in urban soils. Well, very good. Thank you for uh, taking the time to, uh, to come talk to us and, and uh, bring us up to speed on this. And just like to ask everyone to uh, stay tuned and uh, join us for another riveting interview. Mm -hmm.